told you, these guys, they, they separate themselves from the system, but then uh, they're helping yeah. build it. That's why Bezos okay, and the rest so, of them are on those private islands, because they know nobody can get to those things. <laughs> yeah. So this is a Energy Zones mapping tool. Geospatial energy mapping is now available. All right, scroll down. Oh, my God. So it's got nine energy sort resources uh, about the tool uh, to identify potential energy resource areas. And look, but look who's backing this thing. U.S. Department of Energy. <laughs> the project is funded by the U.S. Department of Energy. Office of Electricity. So this is Energy Zones Mapping Tool. Let's see, should we look at it quick? Yeah. Oh, you got to log in? Sure. Oh, no. Yeah, you can't get the whole thing. Oh, this isn't fair. This is a government thing, and I have to pay for it, folks. Well, guess what? On April 15th, I will be docking the government $100 because I cannot access this tool. Click on documents at the top. Ooh, we can see some documents at least here. This is uh, Energy Zones Mapping Tool, August oh, Newsletter. This thing goes Jeez. all the way back to 2013. Oh, my God. I know. That's the thing. They've been building this stuff forever. Mm-hmm. 2012. There's a document from 2012. Yeah. Market structures and transmission planning processes in the Eastern interconnection. That's the thing, too. It would be cool. I, you know, I'm going to get the brain chip put in by Elon Musk because I want to be able to read all this stuff really fast. Like, I just click <laughs> on a website and it sucks all the info into my head. Just ask Glenda to read it to you. No, nah, she's not allowed to. I tried to get her to do that. Ah, uh, okay. She can't. She doesn't actually read. I took uh, Glenda, which is just a text chat, and then I hooked it up to a voice simulator so that it would read to me. Uh, yeah, but, but there's she certain read. things. Yeah, she won't read you. Um, like, I asked her if she could retype the Anthony Sutton book, and I was going to have it read some parts. Uh, but it's like yeah. uh, it can't do it can't straight read copyrighted material. So at least Elon uh, okay. Musk and Peter Thiel and the guys who created it. Well, are those aren't copyrighted. Comments. Those documents aren't copyrighted. No, it's it's weird though too. It won't like it will compare and contrast things. Um, but uh, yesterday during my long back and forth, which was a test drive, it actually was making mathematical errors, Jim. So. Clearly, clearly, she didn't go to school. So, no, it was crazy. Yeah, it was actually man. making math. But and like what I, you know, what I've been doing this to show the audience is that, sadly, in another generation, you know, this these chat GPTs are going to be essentially the new Google, and so you're going to have kids, mm -hmm. you know, go, please tell me who sailed the ocean in 1492. And it'll be like, that was Jesse Jackson. And then people will just believe it because they're going to accept that AI is the purveyor of truth. You know, and I mean, that's, yeah, that's where we're headed with it. Um, Read three C a one. All right. This folks is a PDF. It's electric vehicle working group, United States department of energy advisory committee charter. Read this 3CA. Is part three, objectives and scope of activities. The activities of the working group include 
and we're going to go down to C, a report describing the status of electric vehicle adoption, including A, a description of the barriers and opportunities to scaling up electric vehicle adoption throughout the United States, including recommendations for issues relating to, one, consumer behavior, uh, two, charging infrastructure Social needs. Social engineering. Yeah. Well, like, like that's what we've said. If you go back to uh, Technocracy Incorporated and Howard Scott, the founder of that, they said if they want to make, if the engineers and the technologists and the scientists want to make you do something, they'll just engineer you into it. So, for instance, let's say they had the ability to make 100 million EV cars or whatever, and they only wanted EV cars. Then what they would do is first they would stop making gas cars and they would only make EV cars. Then they would pass a law that says gas cars are illegal. And then if you were still driving them on the black market, they would just shut down all the gas pumps and there would only be electric pumps. And then they engineered you into yeah. what they wanted you to do. Yeah. Read 10. Read the, the AX. Uh, the process 10. by which governments collect a user fee for the contribution of electric vehicles to funding roadway improvements. <laughs> so we want you to buy this more expensive car that the batteries, you know, to replace the battery costs as much as the car. And we're going to charge you a fee on top of it. A fee to help expand the electric highway. Oh, and don't worry. We have a few free public EV stations around places like Coral Gables. And if you bought a Tesla, you get access to some of those. But... Big surprise, when you're driving out to somewhere across country and you hit one of those mega gas stations and you want to fill up, you fill up your car and you get a $297 bill <laughs> for filling yeah. up your car with electricity. <laughs> See, that's, that's the funny part, Jim. Just like we hear the people that get the solar panels and then they don't realize that mm -hmm. they don't actually come with battery backup. So if the power grid goes down, they don't actually have energy yeah. at their house. I wonder how many people buy the EV cars, and then the first time they pull into a charging station, they go, wait, I have to pay for this? <laughs> yeah, scroll. Go back to the email list. Click the electrichighway.com. There we All go. All right. Nice so we're graphic. at a electric-highway.com yeah they do have a lot of cool logos for all this folks they did put some money mm -hmm. into this i think they actually have humans doing the logos not ai by the way yeah by having an electric car you can save a minimum of two thousand euros per year on fuel maintenance road tax etc road tax but they just, we just talked about the u.s is going to implement a road tax for ev cars <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. As we all make our way to a zero carbon footprint. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and the thing is, how can they tell you that you're going to save a minimum, a minimum of two thousand a year? How can they say? How can they even promise well, you that? Right. Well, get this. So it says when you switch to our electric car, all you pay is 149 euros a year plus a VAT per month, not <laughs> not per year. 149 euros. Plus a, a VAT, which is a, a tax, per month. <laughs> but you're going to save 2,000 euros a year. Yeah. On, on fuel maintenance. <laughs> well, actually, that's correct. 
See, that could be the semantics that they're playing right there. Because mm-hmm. you may be saving uh, 1,999 euros on fuel. Because do they consider electricity to be fuel? Or what do they classify electricity no. as now? No, yeah. no, they're just using gas, saying gasoline, right? See, so you may save two thousand dollars on on fuel, but you're going to spend the two thousand dollars on electricity, <laughs> right? See, that's amazing. You know they figured that one out. Oh yeah, this is a nice solar little cars. Website. Yeah, th- th- these are solar cars in Europe. Oh, they have solar cars. Yeah, fuel of the future. Solar cars or electric cars that use photovoltaic cells to convert energy from sunlight into electricity. These cars can store some solar energy in batteries to allow them to run smoothly at night or in the absence of sunlight. Now, I know someone... So here's a question. Yeah. If it's cloudy out, you're not Let's say you own a solar car in Florida and a hurricane's coming so it's cloudy for days ahead of time of the hurricane right and the hurricane gains major strength and now you have to evacuate how do you get out oh uh, you got to shine a flashlight at your solar panel for three days (laughs) (laughs) and hope you don't drown (laughs) oh wait a second crap my flashlight is solar powered it doesn't work (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god it's comical Look, this is how we find this stuff you start with an article and they have a link and you click the link and then you click another link and then you're like whoa wait a minute what's that never heard of that organization you go search and search it and this is what you come up with all these links i sent dustin i found in 30 minutes oh here it is it's a whole the whole top of the roof is a like a rollout solar panel yeah, it doesn't work in Washington State where it rains all the time. Unbelievable. All right, so let's see what else we have here. So click yeah. this Duke Energy 2-2 two, two down. So I wanted to go see. Like Duke Energy is in North Carolina, for those that don't know. Regulated power plants and battery storage sites. Okay, scroll down. Okay, on the map. So here's a list of all of Duke Energy's power plants okay wow they've got 26 hydroelectric six nuclear six coal fired 17 gas fired two pump storage hydro 11 solar and one fuel oil and then that's in the carolinas and then in florida um they don't have that many in florida it's more solar so it tells you they've got this solar stuff, but I can tell you living in the Carolinas, the, the, if you look at electricity generated, it's nuclear and coal. Yeah. Well, they have 12 gas fired in Florida. Yeah. Uh, what's this? Midwest. And natural gas in Florida, yeah. Yeah. So this is interesting just because this is one utility. Um, and when you go to the utility, they're talking about, you know, switching over to sustainable energy and all this stuff yeah now what jim what are they actually considering uh sustainable is that just wind and um wind water and solar and uh solar yeah they have all the buzzwords on their website because they're a publicly traded company so they have to get their esg scores up all that crap 
Yeah, but how, how do they consider something like, say, solar to be sustainable when you still need to keep replacing the equipment to collect it? Never mind the details, Dustin. <laughs> the sun always provides. Yes. The sun always provides. I know. I was reading about the these. The sun um, is renewable. The infrastructure to capture the sun energy is not. But they well don't that, tell you that part. Well, that's what I was reading, that the uh, these data centers they're going to be trying to build up in space, you know, will all be solar-powered, and they don't need cooling because it's so cool up there. But then they're going to power yeah. them using their solar panels. Right. I'm telling you, you know you've entered a really bad time in history and a full-blown technocracy when your rulers are planning on storing the hearts and brains of their governmental system which is all technocracy is it's just a, a worldwide governmental system when they it's so powerful and has so much data on you that they need to start launching data centers in space powered by the sun and cooled by the space air like you know you're in deep crap forget about aliens attacking you from space these people want to be the aliens that's basically what they're they're doing here yeah all right let's all right see, so uh, there's some other links here um so dominion energy is in south carolina some of it's hydro you don't need to click it it's the same okay. crap Okay. Uh, the RGGI, that's what we talked about in the beginning. That's that fact sheet up in the Northeast where they got a tax on the, on the fossil fuels by power plant. Right. So if you're getting your power, your electricity yeah. from natural gas, you have an extra tax and carbon credits and all that kind of crap. <laughs> so you know what? That's what uh, that is. Just for, the, just for the heck of it so we could show people. I'll see if I can get my father to uh, take a picture of his his actual bill and send it to me. I'd like to see if there's like a breakdown on that. They should be breaking it down. It'll be complicated to read like everything else, you know, like your yeah. cell phone contract, but uh, right. it'd be interesting to actually see it in, you know, in real life in practice. Right. Cause I mean, to, du to so double the cost of electricity on somebody overnight is that's, that's pretty big. All right. So we need to do a quick public service announcement. For your for your listeners um some may know this but and this is unrelated to what we the whole topic we've been talking about john titus is out with his latest video um well let me back up i think you may have warned your listeners at least i've told you about uh you know they came out this report that cybercrime is going to increase dramatically over the next five to six years and i told you about the uh, what I was told at my, by a teller at a bank, one of my banks, about the fraud increase the last five to seven years. And where, you know, I don't know, about seven, eight years ago, when I personally had, on a Friday night, my money drained out of my bank account because my debit yeah. card had been compromised. And they put the money right back the next day. Well, they don't do that anymore. Okay, the banks don't do that anymore because the fraud's gotten so big, you have to go through the fraud department. And it takes, as you know, with your wife's experience, it takes you 30, 60, 90 days to get your money back. So essentially, the public service announcement is don't use your debit card except at ATMs. If, right. you, if you need to use plastic, use a credit card. Don't use a debit card. Well, on top of that, John Titus came out with his latest video, and he went through the, um, the FDIC's quarterly report on the banking system. So it encompasses 
all 4,700 whatever banks, big, small, community, local, doesn't matter. Good, bad, they're all in there, right? And it showed, it had a graph, uh, an Excel chart in the report that showed the unrealized losses on the collective banking system balance sheet. And they are $700 billion. At the worst time during the 2008-2009 crisis, they were $75 billion. Those losses. So it's nine, ten times bigger. Mm -hmm. Now the next, that was at the end of third quarter last year. The next quarterly report for the fourth quarter will come out March 1st. So we'll see how bad or worse it's got. Additionally, they're borrowing money. Okay, the banking system is borrowing money from the FHLB, which is a, a similar to the Fed, but it's kind of like in secret. People won't won't see it. It's not out in the public eye. Like if they were borrowing directly from the Fed, everybody would know about it. And that's $450 billion. In other words, the big banks are dead broke. They're underwater. And they're underwater big time. Okay. You combine that with data that uh, that I, you know, intel that I gathered from an insider at Truist, where they're losing money left and right. You combine that with the FDIC's live-streamed uh, <laughs> committee meeting in November, where they openly said, we're really concerned about these big, medium, big company, uh, banks, not your B of A's, but the ones below it, like Truist. Um, we're really worried about them and there's probably going to need to be a bank bail-in in 2023, but we can't tell the public because then there'll be a bank run. They said this openly. That's a quote. That's not my words. They said this during that committee meeting. Now, all of these committee meetings are, are live streamed on the FDIC's website and they're archived. Well, when you go to the archive, that one just happens to be scrubbed. <laughs> <laughs> However, it's still... A, it, <laughs> It's still on their YouTube channel, so you can still go pull a three-and-a-half-hour meeting. Okay. Point being, you know, that's enough data points to know that there's a, a major problem in the, with the big banks and get the hell out. Go find a local community bank ASAP. Hey, Jim, just explain to the audience quickly that doesn't know, what what's the premise behind, because uh, you hear the word phrase being thrown around everywhere, what's a bail-in? How does that work? That's a great point because I, I talked to somebody just last night uh, sitting next to us at, at having dinner, and they had never heard of the term bail-in. So bail-in, in 2008, Cyprus was basically a test, okay? The three biggest banks in Cyprus failed, just like we had banks here fail, okay? They had different laws in Cyprus. What they did is they did a bank holiday, so they closed the all banks were closed for 12 days, so you need to have cash on hand, but all banks are closed for 12 days in Cyprus. Then, at those failed banks, not the healthy, smaller healthy ones, but the, at the failed big banks, they taxed every deposit, big and small. The bigger deposits got taxed at roughly 10%, the small ones at 5%. Okay. Then they had a similar program as that we have for FDIC insurance. It was basically the same dollar amount, 100 grand back then. It's now 250. So then, at those failed banks, you got the insurance amount. Okay, but anything over the insurance amount got a bail in. In other words, you lost, you got a haircut. You lost 70-80%. After the 10% tax, you lost 78% what you had left was given taken from you and given to those banks to save the banks. <laughs> you are an un, under their law, you are an unsecured creditor of that bank. 
what people don't know because it wasn't blasted across the media is years later i think 2013 14 we passed the same laws here and so did the entire western world you having money in the bank you're an unsecured creditor so let's say tourist collapses in october okay uh and this is all hypothetical you have a million dollars in tr in a truest bank account your name only you don't have multiple names multiple accounts all that because you can get fdic insurance for different accounts even at the same bank if the title's different right mm -hmm. so you can have a single account on your name a joint account with you and your wife your wife can have a name and all all have the two hundred fifty thousand fdic insurance but let's assume you just have a personal account million bucks in truest Banking system collapses. We, you know, Trusco is one of the bad banks, and they go out of business without the bail-in. What ends up happening is you're gonna you're gonna get a haircut on everything above that 750, everything above the FDIC insured amount. You're gonna get a haircut called a bail-in to save Truist. Okay, and I'm just using this as a hypothetical. I don't know for a fact that Truist is gonna go out. I'm just using them as an example. Right. That's a bail-in. You're going to lose that money. Now, here's the other problem. Truist fails or some other bank fails. The FDIC amount is also at risk because for every $100 in a, in a failed bank, the FDIC only has $1.26, which is fine if a small bank fails somewhere. But when you have big banks failing, they don't have enough money. So what are you going to do? You mean do? in actual cash, you mean? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Meaning, so, meaning, meaning you can't meaning you can't go in and say you want to close your bank account, give me my million dollars in cash in a bag right now, because they don't have it. Well, that's true, they don't have it, but if you're at a failed bank and we go through this banking collapse, that failed bank, you're gonna lose a big percentage of that seven hundred and fifty that's not insured. Right. And because then your you're bank saying, failed. You saying, you personally are gonna bail that bank out. Yeah. So let's say you have a million dollars. Like, let's just use that example because you set it up. First off, they could come in and do a 10% basically wealth tax on that account, right? Or whatever percent they yep. want. Meaning they'll take 100,000 right off the top. Then if you get your 250 back, if you do from uh, the government, from the FDIC insurance, then the additional... Right. At this point, the 750 would be 650 because they took out 100,000 off the top. You're 650. Then they could they could say either, well, you're not getting any of it, or or we're only going to give you 50 or you're getting back, 20 or 60 back, or so, yeah, right, right, just whatever it is, That's and they just make that up. It doesn't, you know, you have no control over it. You're not That's negotiating. Okay, right so, now, if you're at a, if you're at a healthy small community bank. Okay, when they do a bank holiday where all banks are closed, they'll be closed too because every bank will be required to be closed and you'll only be able to get cash from ATMs. So you need to have cash on hand for sure, right? But the small community bank doesn't fail. They don't, they don't need money. Well, if they you do, you don't get if, a haircut. If they do a bank holiday and all the banks close, are we just talking? brick and mortar or does your banking app not work can you not transfer money move money uh pay bills I don't online? Know about does it all app. stop i don't know but the brick 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 and mortars will be closed you won't be able to walk into a branch for a week or two weeks however long the the, the, the bank holiday is i don't know about electronically i don't know right so we're not a hundred percent sure that you'd be able to go use 
uh, you know, an ATM because they could just technically wirelessly just shut the, this, the well, ATMs, ATMs down. will work until they run out of cash. Yeah, which will be like in a matter of an hour after it's announced on right. national it, television. Right, during Cyprus uh, in a way, Which on top three, of it at that point, lines. folks, that's when you get your pickup truck and start throwing the ATM machines into the back of your pickup. At that point, <laughs> no, because at that point, it's the end of the world, really. I mean, at that point, it's a, to me, it's a fire sale. Grab what you can. <laughs> well, they don't want to have the bank holiday last too long, right? They don't want to do that. So it'll be as short as possible. But the point being is if you have money in a big bank, the time to look and move your money to a small community bank is now. In yeah. fact, it was yesterday. But what what happens with the, uh, like, so say the bank holiday is a week, two weeks, three weeks, whatever it is. Is that, like, do you think, all right, if this is coming in, three months, six months by the end of this year. Do you think that this is going, that'll be the window in which just like with COVID land, they'll come out with, you know, a new version of whatever the stimulus check is. They'll roll out like a UBI. Maybe it comes in the form of a check, a direct deposit at this point. Do you think that opens the Who window knows? to make their first step towards, you know, CBDC? They go, oh, listen, we're going to take care well, of everybody. I, I, You're starting to get $300 a month from now on from UBI. I certainly think they're going to use the, in their minds, they're going to use the, the bank collapse whenever that is later this year, early next year, whenever or it could be 25. But I mean, if they somehow can magically pull a rabbit out of their head and stave it off that long. Um, but I certainly think they're going to use it to usher in CBDC or at least start the rhetoric of, Hey, we got to have, we got to build this new system and it might come to three, four or five years from now. Right. Mm. It'll set the stage, but the it could also backfire it, yeah. on them. It could also backfire on it. It could be a good thing because if it, it could wake a lot of people up that lose their money in Bank of America or who, whatever bank goes under and they lose their money or they know somebody that lost money and they start pulling money out. People in masses start pulling money out of the big banks and going to local community banks and start using cash more often. So it could totally backfire on that. But you also have to be aware every time there's a major banking crisis, they're going to throw distractions our way. Mm -hmm. It could be shiny objects floating across the sky. <laughs> Who knows what the Chinese uh, space balloons, yeah. <laughs> Chinese weather balloons, uh, aliens <laughs> that turn out to not be aliens. You know everything else. I mean, it'll now, now yeah, everybody's it'll chasing all. Be, of pay attention the, uh, to the shiny objects in the sky. Don't pay attention to the bad banks. <laughs> well, yeah. Now everybody's chasing the you know the chemical fires and the chemical spills and things. You know, and the reason why I don't chase a lot of that is because I don't know. Like if I went back in history three years ago and wanted to follow, I mean, I might find that there was a chemical spill once every month, and this is not something out of the ordinary. I don't, I don't know that to be true, you know, mm -hmm. I, and that's why I don't really mm -hmm. jump on it, because unless you have the time to go research it in depth, you could be screaming about 16 train crashes, and maybe there really were 16 in the same time period five years ago. I don't know that to be true. Uh, yeah. I know Mike and Marie are going to cover a lot of it, which means they're going to do that research, I would imagine. Sure. Um, another question sure. for you on that. So do you know, how do you look at, and I'm not talking about the big banks or like you said, the smaller big banks, when you're looking at these um, small local banks and stuff, do you know, how do you look into he the health of those banks? Do they share their balance sheets? Do they have to file reports that someone could look at if they if want to look publicly, into the health of them? If they're publicly traded, uh, you, know, you can go pull them, right? Like one of the community banks I went and uh, opened an account at, um, 
they are publicly traded. So I went and pulled their financial statements from 2008 just to see how they did. Right. The second one that I opened an account at, they're family owned. They've, they've been private since 1904. Okay. They're not public. So you don't, you, you can't get their balance sheet. But here's a question you can ask. Did you take any bailout money in 2008? Mm -hmm. This family bank, the answer was no. Oh, we didn't okay. need it. Oh, that's good. Did you take bailout money in 2008? All right, that's good. 